Welcome to a bonus episode of Again and Non Gay, Sashay Non Gay, the podcast. Woo! Ladies, I've made my decision. Charity case. You brought your art, and now you have our hearts. Now, Sashay away. I'm melting! Melting! Oh, what a world! What a I don't think we've ever seen a queen elevated to such opulent, and that is the word, levels on Drag Race before. And I'm just so gutted that your journey has ended on the show. Like, how do you feel? Well, first of all, thank you very, very much. That's very kind of you to say, and I will take that and write on my gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm feeling very accomplished, very... I'm going to say fulfilled, which is something that I didn't expect to say. But yeah, it's been really overwhelming experience and lots of ups and downs and lots of emotions. And I guess like sitting with it all in your head for like six months or so is really hard and it kind of blows it out of proportion, you know. So seeing it all come out and getting the response that I've had has been really amazing. Like just the fact that so many people like like my aesthetic or like what I can do and like my style is is really, really incredible because it is very weird. (laughs) I've been seeing a lot of interviews with you and you're very, I mean, you're outspoken about the fact that you did not deserve to be in the bottom two and I'm completely with you. So watching it back, uh, would you have changed your mind on who you would have sent home? So I'm, I I have been very outspoken about it, but I have to preface that with, when I did that, when I was doing the day of interviews for press, I had um, been performing the night before at Heaven until three. And after that, I got a taxi from Heaven to Leeds, where I slept for a couple of hours in the taxi. And then I had to get into drag again. And then I did a full day of press interviews. And so I was very, very tired and I was (laughs) very, very over it. (laughs) So that's just a preface to why I was so open about everything. I was like, I've no, there's no beating around the bush here. I'm just being yeah. honest. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that your apology to RuPaul or? You... <laughs> no, no it's, I'm not apologizing. I have nothing to apologize for. He should be apologizing. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> also, how much is a taxi from heaven to Leeds? Oh my God. It was like 300 pounds. So uh, it was so expensive, but I had to get there in time for the press day. And I've been doing quite a lot of gigs recently. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm like, I've got, I'm loaded because I'm not at all. Like it's not, it hasn't, it's not like immediate, but the, but you, you do, obviously I've been working a lot more than I was prior to Drag Race. So Maybe. I could afford a bougie taxi. <laughs> Why are you paying for it? So um, there was a lot of beef in the workroom this week. Now I have been saying quite a lot that the workroom this season seemed to be quite a nice, like happy, chilled vibe compared to season one and two. But is that, different now do you think has that changed is that gone I don't I actually don't think there was very much tension there if I'm honest like it was we, we, we did all get along we were all supportive but you know when somebody says like who do you think should go home that does that is a bit affronting you know like I did have a moment when I was walking back to Untuk with Ella where I held her hand and I winked at her because I was like it's fine you know I'm not bothered like there's no hard feelings and I'm sure some of the other girls did as well. I know that Vanity and Ella had that moment, Vanity and Kitty had that moment. But at the same time, someone's just said something on TV about us, like almost attacking our place on the show. So we're going to defend it as well. So it's like this, the tensions are there, but the underlying feeling is that we are, we are supporting each other and we are there for each other still, from when I was there anyway. Um, I think you can even see that when Scarlett's like having a bit of a thing, when although we're like, come on, babe, 
we are still like babe at the end of it. Like yeah. there is still that friendly tone there. So I think that overall we are, we're, we're all girl, girlfriends and it'll be fine. <laughs> I love that. But it's maybe much- I'm just like that girl of Mean Girls. It's like, let's make a cake for a smile. <laughs> yeah, you do sound like it. <laughs> I don't know. You don't even go be- here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even go there anymore anyway. <laughs> it's very much like The Apprentice when Alan, when Lord Sugar says, oh, who's responsible for the for the failure of this task? And it just it just prompts everybody to start slagging everybody off or whatever. I personally quite like it. I think they should do it every week. But I can't, I can't begin to imagine how much of an impact it must have on your mental health both being in the moment and then having to watch it back. And I saw this week that Ella Day was talking on Twitter about her mental health and how it's affecting her. And so she's taking a bit of a break from social media and you yeah. seem like you're doing okay. So just checking in as a friend <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am doing okay. I've been through a lot. So <laughs> I think it takes quite a lot to like knock me. And I've had some rough times with social media over the past few months, but I am definitely feeling more myself and I'm really proud of what I showed and I think people are starting to see what I stand for and the person that I am so so yeah and like I say the the incredible support for my drag and my looks that that was so unexpected to me you know being the alternative being being somebody different like and I don't mean to be like oh god I'm so different poor little me like no I've made it I've made a place for myself and I appreciate that and it's been hard work but I got there and the expectancy was that not that many people were going to be into it. maybe a small percentage, maybe a half at most, you know, the, the alternative people, the, the weirdos, the people that, that relate to this sort of thing. But the fact that there's, you know, yesterday I was walking, I was walking out of the train station and this like, I don't know, maybe it's late 60s, early 70 year old woman stopped me and was like, oh my God, I was so sad when you got eliminated from Drag Race. I love oh. what you do. You know, you show me a different side of drag and it's just like amazing. I think it's beautiful. And the variety of people that my drag has inspired or like connected with is just so amazing. So this week, it, f- it felt like everybody was getting mugged off by by RuPaul. But um, I noticed on Twitter, everybody was saying, actually, the challenge is the problem and not the Queen's. So what what's your take on that? I didn't hate our adverts. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly still on stage like laughing whilst they were on. I mean, most of us were. So and we weren't expecting RuPaul to be like, oh, I hate them. And actually, I think there's been a lot of worse things that have been made on Drag Race in the past. Um, but... <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it is time for new adverts. Maybe it's time for new new challenges, new things to do. You know, if there was a challenge that was something grotesque or weird, then I would definitely have had a chance of yes. winning. Um, if there was a challenge to make a potion out of kitchen ingredients <laughs> that looks realistic, I would have definitely had a chance of winning. <laughs> so <laughs> these are the thoughts that were genuinely going through my head. Like, wait, actually, like I thought I could bend myself to these skills. I thought I was versatile. And I am versatile in my own way, in my looks, in what I can do. But but can I be a member of a girl group, like a pop girl group? Is that my thing? Like, well, it's very you know, specifically Rue Rue's drag. It's very specifically it? RuPaul. You know, can I can I sell an Alexa that's dragged up as a drag Alexa? And like, I'm, I'm, I make adverts. Like, I make you know, I do this stuff for myself. But it's when it's with my own creative vision, mm. and when I'm put into a box of like what's traditionally drag race i mean i think i find that quite limiting so yeah i, I think i came to the put came to the conclusion away away through the show that like 
you know, maybe this wasn't the right place for me. And now looking back on it, I think that was just me in my headspace. You know, I do see a place for me there and I'm really glad that I did it. But but yeah, that's kind of where my head got to during the competition because it was like, none of this is very me. I think RuPaul was doing a gig in heaven <laughs> until 3 a.m. and then got a taxi to Leeds. That's what I think happened. <laughs> I would love that to be true. You know, I mean, that, that's true in my fantasy. One of the standout um, moments of this season is how openly you spoke about living with HIV and how it's no longer a death sentence. Um, and you have received so many messages. What have, what have those messages been like? And what does it tell you about what we need in this country in terms of education? So the messages have been like super varied. I've had all sorts of people messaging me, um, you know, from people. I've, I've been emotional so many times reading messages. I've heard messages from people saying that they haven't spoken to anybody about their HIV status, but seeing my story has made them feel much more comfortable with talking to their family about it. I had people saying that they've got young children at the Watch Drag Race and this gave them an opportunity to educate them on it. So I genuinely feel like there's been real change from me being on TV and talking about my status. And that's super, super fulfilling in every way. You know, like it just feels like a full circle from me experiencing what I've experienced to hopefully helping other people not experience that. From what I understand, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're the third person ever in Drag Race history to have come out about your HIV status, which, if true, is su very surprising to me, at least. Is that surprising to you? Um, I think it is surprising to me, actually. I would assume that over the 397 seasons that we have, that there would be some more, some more people. But, you know... It's important that, that we do come forward. And without the people that have come before me, without Angina, I wouldn't have felt comfortable myself to do it. You know, that's the reality of it. Their stories have helped me. And I thought it was time for somebody in the UK to do it as well. So this audience, which is, is, not just... same, which is not the same audience as the American one. I think that's something that is quite important to point out, which I think is going overlooked sometimes, is people are, lots of people are like, she's not the first, she's not the first for this, she's not the first for that, she's not the first for this. And I'm not saying I'm the first for anything. That's not what, what I'm saying at all. But the UK audience is very different to the American audience. And the BBC One time slot that it goes out on is also a very different audience to those who watch on BBC iPlayer. And that is when these older ladies, these older men are watching it that are coming to see me and saying hello, um, who are telling me that my story has touched them. You know, hopefully I'm educating a wide variety of people with my story. Yeah. It's just not a conversation that we hear enough, really. Like the, the narratives around HIV, even now, are still very much based on the stories of the 80s. And there aren't that many moments where we hear the truth of HIV in 2021. So I think it's amazing. Well done for speaking up. It must have been very difficult. Thank you. Did you have people around you that didn't know that, that found out through the show? Or did you have to do like a... Did you have to do an announcement? <laughs> I mean, I've I like I've always been open with my HIV status, and well, not always, you know. For the first, after after when I felt comfortable myself, I decided to start being open with it, and I did like a naked magazine cover shoot or something. Yes, <laughs> when, like when like when I was like nineteen, probably, and from then on, like I, my, my family have known. Like I told the rest of my family and stuff, and. And yeah, I think that most people around me knew. Like I said, I've been really open about it. I try to be 
an advocate for it and not an, adv- an advocate oh my god i shouldn't say that an activist an, an activist, activist that's yeah. the one <laughs> god it's early yeah i tried to be an activist for for the community and for other, other things in general you know i i try to use my platform to speak out on issues that i think are important and i think it's important that we do that as representatives of our community especially something like hiv which i know very well <laughs> you know i think it's important that we educate ourselves on these topics and so i've done a lot of educating myself on hiv so i i like to think that i know my stuff so what's next then for charity you can go and support me on my shop which is charitycase.com which so you can buy all of my custom t-shirt designs which i update regularly and you can also come and see me at my tour that i'm currently on we're off to liverpool newcastle and nottingham and we have an Edinburgh date coming as well. Ooh, so oh I shall see you all in your nightmares. <laughs> um, before you go, Charity, I don't know if you've heard this, that we've been doing with the other queens, but we've been playing a game called uh, Drag or Death. Ooh, drag. Oh, death. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of drag queens have very similar names to uh, death metal bands, um, black metal bands, extreme metal bands, that kind no of thing. No one else has noticed this. Have you noticed that, Charity? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Um, I'm going to give you the name of something and you, you're going to tell me if it's a drag queen or okay. a death metal band. First one up is Asia Thorn. Is drag that queen. a Oh, it is a drag queen. Bloody hell, you're, you're quick off the mark. That is one point. Um, next one, Envy. Is that a drag queen or a death metal band? Well, I know a drag queen called Envy, so I'm going to say drag queen. It is a drag queen. It is a drag queen. You are already doing better than anybody else. Yeah, I know, the, I know the drag scene very well, so this might save me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time Dan's actually featured any drag queens in this contest. So <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been death metal bands every time because I've been asking James <laughs> to send me some drag queens and he never did. So what's actually, oh happened, what's actually happened is my friend has sent me a shitload of drag queens. He's <laughs> said, can you stop just doing death metal bands? Here's a load of drag queens. So that's, right, so the that's, next one, I feel like that's going to that's gonna be a death metal band, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, quite well no spoilers kazelion which is spelled c-a-z-e-l-e-o-n drag queen i know her okay three out of three i'm telling you that your your friend has gone through my following my followers list my following list i feel like you know the friend actually do you know corin coming yeah yeah that's why this is yeah she shot all of my drag race i know she has and i didn't know that i don't think dan clocked that Well, we, we only do three. You've got three out of three. Oh, yeah. That is so funny. the winner of, of, uh, of Drag Queen or Death. Congratulations. <laughs> well, that's very fitting. I'm very glad about that. <laughs> Yay. It was so fun to chat to you. Yes, you too. Have a wonderful day. If you want more, subscribe at gaynongay.com or, you know, whoever your favourite podcast supplier is. Kisses. Mwah.